Welcome to the Linguistic Show, where we talk about life, love, and everything else. There's always something to talk about with this couple, so you never know what may come out of their mouth. Welcome back to the Linguistic Show. I'm Carol, here with my awesome co-host. Jason. And so today, we're talking about things that have influenced us, things from the culture, things from the world. So we're talking about music, talking about movies, uh -huh. talking about TV shows. So I guess that's specifically pop culture influences, the pop culture influences that have made us who we are today. Okay, pop culture. Now, I mean, you're talking now, about things from around the world. Yeah. We're not talking about geography <laughs> or our favorite international soccer clubs or. Okay, you yes, know, you're right. You know, we're not talking about that. We're... Pop culture. And speaking of pop culture, mm -hmm. I am proud to say I'm 41. However, I did not know what what pop culture was <laughs> was derived from. Until what? I was in my late 30s. Well, where was pop culture derived from? I didn't know that it was for popular. I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was like pop music, pop culture, and I don't like pop music, so I thought I didn't like what pop culture. So you just thought it was just pop, like soda pop? Like popcorn? What do you mean? You, you didn't know what it was pop? For things I'd be interested in. So popular? Now, so now, <laughs> I didn't know what, the, any, I didn't know what oh, it was. Oh my God. <laughs> Didn't oh. know it was popular. Well, yes, pop culture, the type of things that influenced us. And, you know, those of us, those of y'all who do know us, those of us who know us, I mean, the two of us would know us, but those yes. of y'all who know <laughs> us would know that based on who we are by our age, where we grew up, you might have a little inclination into what kind of pop culture influences you think that we have, but you may be surprised by what you hear. So... Uh, talking specifically about our favorite TV shows, our favorite music, our favorite movies. Mm -hmm. Jason is Mr. Movie Man, so. Mr. Movie Man, ooh. I was, I was not trying to do that with alliteration. And I do like. Mr. Movie Man. And so he'll have all kinds of great movies that have helped to make him who he is, or maybe things that he can relate to in movies. So I'll let you go first with your movies my movies okay so like let's see so we're talking what like my top my fave my top three my top five can, top three we can right? do top, top five top five the top five movies that i would say have are my favorite or have most influenced me the ones Either. who are most and nah because they're different well for, for me for me my different. list is is a mix of both so my list may be different. Uh, I would definitely <laughs> say that the movies that influenced me are not necessarily my favorite movies. Movie that's silly like um, Step Brothers or something like that or like old school. Oh, that's not school. that never influenced me ever in my life. But it's one of my favorite movies. You get what I'm saying? I do understand so, the difference. OK, so movies that have influenced me. OK, so I would say. In no particular order, these are not in, a, in any particular order whatsoever. I would say my first one would have been uh, New Jack City. Okay. Okay. Uh, New Jack City was influential for me, that's for sure. Um, as far as just 
that was the time when I was coming of age as a teenager. So that whole era of the late 80s, New Jack Swing. You were like 11. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's when when actual music and culture mattered to me now. Okay. You know what I mean? You're 10, 11 years old. That's when it matters. So, yeah, New Jack Swing was a was a really big movie for me. It was set in New York. So obviously, um, you know, we were from the East Coast. We weren't from New York. We were from the East Coast. So it was semi-relevant to see dudes riding around in Jeeps and stuff like that and the big gold chains and all of that, the sweatsuits (laughs) and the Kangos, if you remember. And it also was also a story about a dude and his brother. And I had a brother, so it was kind of an influential movie for me. So that's uh, that's one of them. Um, so what are we gonna go back and forth, or I got to do all of mine? I'm gonna do all of mine. Uh, okay. All right. So I do. All I'm of ready. Mine. Oh, <laughs> you can do yours. She said I'm ready. All right. You got it. So you may go next. All one? right. No, I don't. Okay. So then my next one for uh, movies that have been influential or your me. favorites. We're not talking about my favorites. We're talking about movies okay. that were influential that 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 helped me be the person that I am today. Okay. Right. So, um, Lean On Me is definitely in that realm. That's a Lean, Lean On Me definitely helped me to become the person I am today. It just uh, kind of, uh, I don't even really know why, cause my, because none of the were, schools I went to, to like, were like that. You didn't want to have I didn't, Mr. Clark I didn't want to, right, I didn't want to have to deal <laughs> with Mr. Clark, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it was just like, I mean, I knew other kids who went to bad schools or whatever, and um, I don't know, I guess it was just another one of those coming of age kind of movies where it was just like you could see that even in the worst kind of scenarios, if you just get disciplined and do things the right kind of way, that it could, you know, turn around in your favor, that you could turn around a, a really bad situation and make mm-hmm. it work in your favor. So that's a really good, good message. Good point. Yeah, it kind of is. All right, so then another one that was really a really influential movie for me. This one's gonna sound funny. Smokey and the Bandit. Okay, yeah. okay now that starred. No, no, no. no. I, I know no, it is. No. Clint Eastwood, right? No. Oh, who was? Burt Reynolds. I, I, I wouldn't have guessed that. So yeah, Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> yeah, because you know Smokey and the Bandit. I love cars. Anybody who knows me loves car. I love cars, and it was a fun movie. All the cars in the movie were amazing. The entire movie is basically a long-ass car chase. And so um, outside of the cars itself, nothing in the movie is relevant to me whatsoever. But again, thinking about my age at the time, and that was something that used to come on TV a lot during the 80s, mm-hmm. and I would see that movie all the time. Yeah, that was that was the movie for me. That, that was my jam, loving, loving to see all the cars. Um, so I, I gave you, what, three now? Yeah, that, was that was three. That yeah. was three? Yeah. Oh, wow, okay. All right, number four. Juice. Okay. Juice. Yeah, Juice. Definitely Juice. Uh, Juice is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, Tupac had an amazing, amazing, amazing role in that movie. Amazing role. Um, The uh, incomparable Omar Epps, also known as Coach Tomlin of the Pittsburgh Steelers, was in that movie. (laughs) So just in case you didn't know that, okay, Mike uh, Tomlin. that Mike Tomlin used <laughs> to also Mike Tomlin used to also be a DJ. <laughs> he used to be also be a DJ in New York back in the day. In case you didn't know, it was DJ GQ. 
Um, there was a there was a uh, cameo by um, matter of fact, this movie's full of cameos. There was a cameo by Samuel L. Jackson. There's a cameo by the girl from In Vogue. There's like this movie's ton full of tons of cameos. Um, great movie, great soundtrack, one of the best soundtracks ever as far as the early hip hop movies were concerned. That late night, that late eighties, early nineties sound, right. that New York sound. Um, yeah, it was just dope. It was so good. Um, yeah, I love that movie. Love that movie. The, it was a tragic movie, but um, I love the movie itself. The the way it was shot, even the 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 cinematography, was amazing. <sighs> and now this is where I always struggle whenever you try to give me a list of something I like because I got narrow it down, and I like like seventeen thousand movies, man. That's so why it you makes it movie, so man. hard. It makes it really difficult. Um, wow. <sighs> And every single time I watch it, I still get emotional when I watch it. It's Friday Night Lights. Okay. I get you Friday Night Lights. Because every single time I watch it, I, I remember what it was like in high school playing football. Right. And I remember when, you know, you played your last game. I remember that. And I remember, like, all of the characters that are kind of in that movie are kind of remind me of characters that I knew. Mm -hmm. And it's another one of those movies where, of course... They're triumphant over insurmountable odds. But actually, in this one, they don't make it. And it kind of is an unhappy ending. Like, the big star doesn't make it. He blows out his knee, and he can't, he doesn't go to college. The uh, team makes it all the way to the championship game, and they lose. Spoiler alert. Sorry, guys, if you never saw Friday Night Lights. Um, sorry. You, you should have seen it. By, you should have seen it by now. God, dar gosh darn it. Okay. Um, and I mean the movie, not the TV show. I never really watched a TV show ever. I don't know nothing about the Friday Night Lights TV show. Um, not at all. No. Yeah. So, yeah, that would be, like, my top five movies that were influential on me as a person. I would throw a bonus one in there and probably say Black Panther. Okay, that's a good one. That's Black, a great one. I would say Black Panther. Actually, I'll give you two bonuses. Black Panther and then uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, for both the same reason, and that's representation. Okay, that's Re a cool Representation. One. Having uh, main characters and really the entire movie really be uh, people of color in a major role that was important to everyone across the world, not just important to us. You know, so Black Panther was just really, really important. Mm -hmm. And then much more specific and much more uh, micro to who I am as a person was uh, Miles Morales. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a big deal to see an Afro-Latino superhero, not just in a comic book, but to see him on the screen. And I and for and, you know, when we went to go see that movie, remember, we came a little bit late. But when we came in, Biggie was was playing. And I was like, oh, my God, like they OK, like this is a good movie already. This is a good movie. And and I got to thinking about it. I was like, yo, like representation matters. It matters like this whole uh, drama about uh, Little Mermaid right now. Mm -hmm. Representation matters. yo. It really does. And so um me being 43 years old and never even really being able to say, yo, there's an, a, a specifically an Afro-Latino biracial superhero who grew up on the East Coast yeah, well, in, a, in, a, in an apartment with a black dad and a, and a <laughs> Latino mom. Yeah, there's definitely a whole lot that that is like how you grew up. So I definitely understand and see like why 
you know, like why that resonates with you more than just it being, you know, Spider-Man, because I had never seen Spider-Man in theaters until that. I was like, sure, I'll go because of, of the representation that it was showing, but I enjoyed it too. So yeah, those would be my, my influential movies. Not my favorites, not my favorites. Just movies that were influential. Because if I was going to tell you my favorites, it would be a whole bunch of Will Ferrell stuff. It would be all three Friday movies. Okay. Probably Breaking. Oh, yeah, from the 80s. Just, yeah. just, it would probably be Disorderly. You remember that movie with the fat boys? It that would be, was going to be a It would be, like, yes, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if, it was, if I was going to tell you my favorites, it would be a whole bunch of foolishness. But if I'm talking about what my actual, like, are influential to who I am as a person, it would be those. Okay. Well, I'll go ahead and do my top five, which is, for me, it's a mix of of influential and favorites because they both, to me, are intertwined. Mm-hmm. And so mine is in no particular order as well. So when Titanic, I love Titanic. No, I know Even, why we why you love Titanic because you're dramatic, and that's like the most <laughs> dramatic, long drawn out. And I was gonna say because even that was super duper long, it has so many moments I just cried tears of just sadness and like oh my gosh, they've conquered things. They weren't like you know warriors, but it gave me a lot of emotion. So I love Titanic. I will still watch it. The whole thing, even if I watch it alone, I'd be okay watching it by myself. So Titanic, you already know the next one, Soul Food, mm-hmm. because I can watch that over and over again. She does watch it over and over again. I don't anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely love the movie Soul Food, and like what Jason was talking about, like how how some movies are are a TV show later. So thus the Soul Food TV show. Not a fan. Mm-mm. I saw a few episodes. I was not feeling nah, it. Nah, not at all. I, so, like, the actual movie, love the movie. And it just has has a really good message that just reminds me of my childhood. So, like, we didn't we didn't have a big mama or, or, or the grandma who was, like, right in the area. My big mama, per se, lived about three and a half hours away but 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 i have so many memories of having those those big family dinners with her and my granddad i'm back when he was alive that just has me think of those family moments and bonds that will stick with you for a whole lifetime Mm -hmm. so absolutely love soul food so that's titanic soul food next one roll bounce Mm. (laughs) because Mm. i Love music. I've loved 70s music since I was probably maybe in middle school. And so my dad used to be a DJ. Um, it wasn't his main job when I was growing up, but he did do um, DJing at parties and clubs even back before I was born. So Big Bill, the driving wheel, Lord definitely, that was his super long DJ name. So... So Big Bill, the driving wheel, definitely had a major influence on me in terms of music, but also skating, because he still is, at his age, an amazing skater. And so growing up, he liked to show off all his moves at the skating rink. 
And so I didn't quite understand, you know, the the whole importance of like when you're older to still do things that you love because he was in his 40s and 30s back then. And I was in middle school and elementary and high school. And so I'd be embarrassed, of course, by him doing all his fancy, cool moves. But as I got older, I realized that, hey, it's really important that that parents do things that make them happy still, whether their kids are younger or not. So you got you got Titanic, Soul Food, Roll Bounce. Okay, this Christmas, <laughs> I could watch it whether it's Christmas time or not, because I am a huge fan of Loretta Devine. So I love her in TV shows and movies. This Christmas, again, because I love family, I love bonding, I, I need one more. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be Drumline. Oh my gosh. And even though I didn't go to a um, high school or college that was, you know, a black-centric HBCU predominantly black kind of environment my my mom did my dad did my aunts and uncles they all went to either HBCUs for college which are which are for those who don't know a historically black college and university or they went to a majority black or all black high school and so those kinds of drumline moments I remember many, many times like going to my um, mom's high school homecoming. Shout out to I.C. Nookrum High School in Portsmouth, Virginia. But they always had an amazing band because that's what they do. And so I just wanted to not experience that in college, but I wanted to just live through that through Drumline. So that's my top five movies. Okay, and it, I find it interesting that a lot of your movies really do kind of center on the same kind of things. They center on family, and then they also tend to center on music. Okay, you're right. There is a theme because I do love family and I do love music. So yeah, so there is that a theme. makes me think about um, you know the next type of thing that kind of really shapes who we are. Well, both of us are music lovers. We both love live music. We both love recorded music we both love uh going to shows we both love listening to music on the radio singing dancing talking about music like all of that kind of stuff just having alexa in the house for example is just like yeah that's been a game you, you changer have, you have you have no idea how often just just oh i just want to hear this random song just now and i think it's really been influential on our children as well as I think one of the most proudest things that I can say as a father is that my oldest daughter has a profound love of 90s hip hop. And mm-hmm. that that is one of the most proud, proud things I can say as a father um, more than anything else is like, yeah, I did something right because my daughter knows hip hop. But anyway, speaking of music, <laughs> what would you say has been the music has been most influential on you then? That's a great question because I have so many songs and artists that like resonate with me and have influenced me at various parts of my life but my my select five as far as artists okay so are we doing artists or songs or does it matter How do you want to do it? Because I could say artists, I could say songs, I could say albums. But here's the thing. It's like someone, some artists have longevity. So you could say an artist, but maybe they're not influential on your life anymore. In fact, they're the opposite of influential on your life now, even though they're still relevant as they were back then. 
Like I could name one artist in particular that his album was definitely relevant for me when in 1994. And that's fine too. But ever since 1998, he's no longer relevant at all other than a pop culture icon, just something that you see on TV and you laugh. You know what I mean? So so that's what I'm trying to say is that like, no, I'm not talking about Biggie. Who are you talking about? Snoop. Oh, okay. Okay, let's. Like, I could let's say see. that okay. I could say that let's Doggy see. Style was a great influential album, but like other than just being the the uh, main character doing all the side quests of life, what else is Snoop doing right now? That okay. you know, what I mean, he's doing it. He's everything though. So let's, he's really accomplished, man. That's so. That's let's a, save that for the actual recording. But- With music, I'm going to do my top five artists and songs because some of the songs would obviously be by the artists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't mean Prince, the artists. Mm. So this is, of course, in no order. And so these songs didn't really, I guess, shape me you know, by every single song, but they definitely were a great part of my either youth or my adulthood. But I will put out this disclaimer that I realized once we had children that I should not have been listening to a, oh to a lot <laughs> to a lot of the music that yeah. I listen to because we have kids who are in elementary, middle, and high school. And so for our youngest, there is no way that if she were like my age back then that I would even allow some things to even be played around her, but mm. different, <laughs> different. I, I hear what you're saying, Jodeci. Different times, yes. Adina Howard, I hear <laughs> y'all out here. Yes. Other other <laughs> songs and artists that should not have been knowing all the words to. But anyhow, so a couple of my favorites artists, I'll say. Definitely Escape, SWV. Faith, Mary J. Blige, obviously, and I'm gonna. I guess I guess I'll say Jodeci. I mean, there were so many more, and so Ooh, yeah, <laughs> Jodeci. And so, uh, I I picked those five because number one, I love music, and I was thriving with my music in the '90s, and still am right now. But I definitely you know liked a lot of their songs and so I've been able to actually see all of all of those artists in concert except for Jodeci so if there's ever a Jodeci reunion again that comes to DC Maryland Virginia Pennsylvania New York <laughs> they wouldn't be in Delaware anywhere in, in the vicinity yes why wouldn't they come to Delaware that's too small of a state no one's going to be doing concert in Delaware. No one does concerts in Delaware. Maybe they got a college campus. I'm just losing the whole, whole uh, listeners right and left. <laughs> don't nobody do concerts in Delaware. What? I'm from Delaware. I don't want to listen to your podcast oh anymore. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's your five artists. Yes. Not your five albums or songs. I can't even artists. give you albums because I would not I would not know or remember what every single album was that had all these amazing songs that I like. Yeah. 
No, I can dig that. I dig that. All right. So. But but I will do my songs real quick though because some <laughs> because Go for it. I gotta make it. I gotta. I can't just exclude some of the songs because some of the artists were not on my artist list, but the songs. Mm-hmm. You probably already know what's gonna be one of them. Candy Rain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because oh, even though in the soul for real, they were I guess bubblegum pop as people would say back well, then. Well, well, what's pop though? That exactly. What's... So you just thought it was because it was a bubble gum? That's why it's pop. Like, no. What's pop mean? Popular. Anyhow, <laughs> I don't know why it's called bubble gum popular, but <laughs> so... <laughs> so definitely Candy Rain. And I'm going to say any song by SWV. And too bad I don't have the whole kind of like musical, lyrical vibe. Because I, I would give y'all some notes. Oh, but if goodness. I did, it would actually terrify y'all. Like how it was the word from last week's episode. Terrify. <laughs> I would terrify people terrify when I sing. Oh my God. So yeah. So that's a bit of my musical interest. What about you? All right, so that was really loud. Okay, <laughs> this one. All right, so five different musical influences on my life. So, um, I'm a pretty old guy. I've been alive for a while. Forty three years old. So Woo! I can say that there's been quite a bit of different influences on my life. Um, so I would say the first thing that I could remember that, again, was an influence on my life, music that I could remember, that I really, really remember, was obviously Michael Jackson. Okay. And so when I was young, I wasn't cognizant of there being a differentiation between the Off the Wall and Thriller album. I, I just knew that was all the good Michael Jackson right. stuff. So... um that that kind of shaped my thought of what music was. You know, it was upbeat. It was, you know, it was soulful. It was kind of funky. You know what I mean? We all know who Mike was back then. Mike had uh, uh, OG Mike back in the day. Uh, those, out, those two albums in particular, you mm-hmm. could definitely say were R&B albums. Like, that was Mike. Uh, Thriller a little bit less, but Off the Wall was definitely like an mm-hmm. R&B album. So... Um, that would I, that would be who I would say would really be my first, first, first influence as far as music was concerned. The second thing I could really remember was kind of like the birth of hip hop. And I can't say that any of the original old style artists were really influential on me because to be fair, I wasn't even really allowed to listen to any of that stuff. So unlike Carol, I did have boundaries on what I was allowed to listen to and not. And so um, I had to like sneak and buy tapes and stuff like that and copy tapes from other people. And so I guess I would say the first like real, real hip hop album that I had that I could really remember it being like, oh my gosh, that was a big deal was Rakim. I had Rakim back in the day. I had paid in full. Okay. And so that album was influential on me because it was also Rakim was the first person who just had a different kind of flow. He was much more lyrical. It felt like the beat was chasing him instead of him chasing the beat. And it was just like, it just was a totally different sound and I was here for it. Um, 
definitely was here for it. Um, the third thing I could say that was influential would be when I kind of got to the to middle school, to the end of middle school, and I guess I kind of started to realize, you know, my place in society a, a little bit more so when you, you kind of realize you have that talk with your parents and you, and you kind of realize what's going on. And also remember that this time was coinciding with a lot of the stuff that was going on mm-hmm. in the world, and, and including apartheid, including uh, Rodney King, including... Uh, you know, the OJ thing, all of this type of stuff was kind of happening when we were in middle school and early in high school. Right. So I, the fear of the black pan, the fear of the black planet album by public enemy was very, very influential, very, very influential. And to, to be fair in retrospect, the music itself holds up. The lyrical content doesn't, take that back the content holds up the delivery does not Mm -hmm. like chuck d is not a a great lyricist but the content was there the music is excellent you know what i mean and then like those would be what i would say are like like influential on who i was and then after that it was just like the stuff that kind of influenced me to be the adult that i am and so uh you know obviously Notorious B.I.G. That Ready to Die album. And then also the um, the Life After Death album. Both of them. Because mm-hmm. it came back to back. Right. And, and that was it. But it was like all the greatest stuff that you could have ever heard. It was just like like music, pop culture, fashion. Um, everything boiled into one. It was awesome. Great lyrical delivery. The, like, you know, Puffy was a genius with the beats. All of it. Like, it was just great. And so I even still listen to either of those albums to this day. I still listen to them all the time. And I guess I was... And see, this is, again, where I get to that tough one. When I get to, like, mm-hmm. my fifth slot. And it's like, bro, there's way too many things for me to say that were really actually influential on me. And so if I was going to say something that was influential on me, an album that came out... Hmm... Wow, this is tough. This is so tough. Um, because if I really want to think about something that was influential and shaped who I was as a person, I would probably have to say 36 Chambers. Wu-Tang Clan, 36 Chambers. Because when that album came out, it was different than everything else. It was really just about lyrical content. It was about freestyling, basically. It was about hip-hop in its most like purest form. And then it had a million dudes were in the group and all of them had their own style. And so um, that was really uh, influential on me because of the, the slang, the, um, the, you know, the feeling you didn't have to be like a gangster rapper. You didn't have to be like a, a, a drug dealer or nothing like that to have a dope album that you could put something out. It was talking about Kung Fu movies and stuff like that. And it still be awesome. And so, yeah, uh, that one definitely had a big influence on me. And then uh, honorable mention, All Eyes on Me. Got to be that. I got, that Come on, Tupac. How you going to just put out a double album? <laughs> How you just going to put out a double album after you just put out an album literally the, the earlier that year? You put out a double album and the entire double album is no skips. Like, come on. Oh, my goodness. And then, you know, Tupac wasn't the greatest rapper ever, but he definitely was 
a great performer. He definitely was a powerful, uh, influential artist, that's for sure. So give him his props. Tupac is on the same level as Bob Marley from my from my perspective. Mm-hmm. It's like a as like a cultural. It's like a icon. cultural icon. Yeah. Like Tupac is more of a cultural icon than a great rapper. I feel you on that. It's within, and so like you, you gave some really good albums, and that actually had me thinking of hmm, I I could give you a few albums because I was like, oh yeah, I do know some albums that were just wonderful to me, and so the number one would be the Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Oh, by that, far yes, and away, that's a classic. Down, Yes. To me, like that, so like so a method me is the best album ever. I loved every single song on that album, and we did try to see her in concert twice, but yeah, it, it didn't be. work out due to cancellations last year and this year. So, um, come on, El Buggy, stop faking on these DC legs of these tours, man. It was the whole. So okay, I, never mind. Stop faking on the whole tour then. My so bad. As Jason was saying earlier in the episode, our oldest daughter really has a knack and love for 90s music, and she is a huge fan of Lauren Hill. And so, unfortunately, we could not take her because the shows were canceled, but but she was looking forward to um to seeing one of her favorite 90s artists in person. So maybe in the future that could work out. Who knows? So definitely Lauren Hill. And also like a lot of of Mary J's albums. So My like, Life. Yes, that My Life was, My Life was a significant album. Mm-hmm. Cause that came out, I think, when I was a college freshman or sophomore. And so even though it was a little bit My Life came out, I think I was a freshman. And My so, life was Mary J's first album, baby. That came no, out. No, that that was what's the four one one. No, what's the four one one was her first album. Yeah. My life was the. My life, I feel like was was like. No, you might be right though. I keep forgetting I'm two years older than you. Because because I, I remember how there were some songs that were sad, but yet had like a real life kind of of effect on me. And so I, I was either a freshman or sophomore in college. So. Those albums are awesome, but we're going to wrap it up and conclude it with the TV shows. Mm. And there are so many, of course, songs, albums, and movies that that we love and have influenced us or that are wonderful that we can't even name because they're just so many. So this list is is in no way is no way um representing every single thing that that we feel and think because that <laughs> right. would be too many to name. It would be way too many to name. So, what are some of your favorite TV shows or things that maybe it's like so like stand out to you many. still? And there's so but we're gonna have some of the same ones. We're this. these '80s babies. We were raised on TV. Like there's so many. So, um, from being a youngin. The one that I remember when I was a youngin that was a big deal to me was, um, excuse me, was Jefferson's. Mm, So Jefferson's was a big deal to me 
because I remember there being a bunch of shows. Like, so when I was a kid, my favorite show was uh, Different Strokes, obviously. Okay. Like, what you talking about, Willie? <laughs> like, of course, that was my favorite show because Arnold was acting up. It was and of that course, face he used to because, make. Because, you know, as a little black boy, you wanted to be in a, in a rich penthouse and right. act up too, just like Arnold. You wanted to act up. So, of course, that was my favorite show when I was a kid. But in actuality, when I look back, what was really influential on me was Jefferson's because mm-hmm. Jefferson's had a mostly African-American cast. Um, even though George was a jerk and he was kind of off the chain, <laughs> he was a successful businessman. He owned mm-hmm. his own business. He did have his luxury apartment in the sky. Like right. the song said, him and Wheezy had a housekeeper and all that. They had a doorman. They mm-hmm. had all that. They had their kids had apartments in the same building because George was balling like that. Like George was walk, George and Wheezy would be walking around in minks and yep. you know what I mean. He had his limo. Like George was a baller before that was even really a thing. Before you know, you know, any of us knew of a, of that kind of a thing in pop culture. George Jefferson was a baller. So yeah, like I definitely, uh, definitely would say the Jeffersons. Um, the second one, then kind of in the same light, would have been the Cosby Show. Mm-hmm, because again, the Cosby show was the the first thing that I saw that showed that, yo, like you can have a normal black family, like, like black families don't have to be all discombobulated, broken families. Mm-hmm. Like that's not, that's not the norm. The norm, if you contrary to popular belief, the norm is actually normal families. Right. You might, you know, if you listen to popular culture, if you listen to social media and the TV and everything like that, they'll have you believe in that the whole world is full of broken homes, but it's not like the truth is there's more black dads at home than you think. And so uh, Cosby show showed me that you could have a successful family. You could have a successful wife. You could have a successful husband, both be successful at their careers. Your kids could be successful. They might not all get it at the same time. Like Denise, right? They might not all get it at the same time. Like Theo, (laughs) But, you know, they can't all be Sandra's. Right. They can't all be Sandra's. And so, you know, like, that's important. It showed it showed me that, you know, like what a big family could be like, because I didn't really have a big family like that. So um, so those two were really, really influential on me when I was growing up. That's for sure. And so then as I started to get a lot, uh, a lot, a little bit older, uh, one person who was on TV a lot back in the day, he was on TV and on movies a lot back in the day, a DMV native, uh, Prince George's County native, ended up being one of the most influential people in my life as far as like my, like almost like I think about the way I talk, the way I dress, the same damn haircuts I be getting. <laughs> and that's Martin Lawrence. Right. And that's Martin Lawrence. And so first it was Def Comedy Jam. Now, you got to understand for somebody growing up in the 80s when I finally would be at my grandma's house and sneak up and watch Def Comedy Jam with my uncle. Oh, man. Like, yes. Yes, indeed. (laughs) That was the culture. That was the culture right there in your face. Like, unadulterated, unfiltered, uncensored culture right there. The music, the language, the comedy, everybody and all the greatest comedians were on Def Comedy Jam, and I saw all of those episodes 
when they first came on. Then I had them on a tape, I remember. Now, for y'all, you're going to be like, on a tape? What that mean? What do you right. mean you had them on a tape? I'm saying that I had a VHS tape. What's a VHS tape? I recorded the shows, <laughs> not on DVR, on an actual tape. And I had a tape that had like three seasons worth of Def Comedy Jams back to back to back. That tape would be worth a billion dollars right now if I had it. Oh, my goodness. But, um, yes, Def Comedy Jam. And so... You know, for those who didn't know about Def Comedy Jam, Martin was the host on Def Comedy Jam. And one of the things that the um, the person who, who, you know, funded all that thing was, you know, uh, Russell Simmons. Mm -hmm. And so he would come out every night and say, and this is why I say this a lot and on the show and on other things. would be like, thank you for coming out. God bless you. Good night. Like I say that <laughs> all the time. So it's just really influential on me. Um, like I said, my whole thought on comedy and my sense of humor and everything like that. Um, but then Martin came out with the show. Mm -hmm. And so the Martin show literally is like to this day, the funniest thing that I have ever experienced in my entire life. Martin embodied our whole like fashion sense, our sense of humor, the way we talk, the way me and my boys Joan on each other back <laughs> and forth. We, like everything, the way that I flirt with my baby, like all of it, like it literally comes <laughs> from Martin. Like I, I sit and think about it. It's like, dang, man, maybe, maybe I am like too much like this dude. Maybe like, like, I, like maybe he was too influential on me as a preteen teenager. Mm -hmm. But for what it's worth, the very last episode of Martin was the day of our prom. And we were late getting the prom because we watched watch the last Martin. episode of Martin. Because, yeah, because there was no such thing back then, of course, of DVR and all that. It was it was either you record it on VHS or you just hope and just pray for a a, a repeat over the summer, and and you may not even get the episode. So right, if you didn't catch it when it came on, mm, you're kind of out of luck. Right, and so my last one, the last show that I would say that is the most influential on who I am as a person. Hmm. I would probably have to say in living color. Mm-hmm. That was on my list. I too. have to say in living color. Um, it's a sketch comedy show, obviously. So it's not like there was any structure or anything like that. They made you like remember anything. It was just the different personalities. Mm -hmm. And again, the expression of culture. They had a musical guest every episode. Right. They had the fly girls dancing. So Every girl wanted to be a fly girl. Every right. girl wanted to learn to dance so they can do it. But next day, well, on the Monday, to do it during school. So. so like I'm saying, Huge just influence. like if you really think about that back then, and, and this is the time where I think a lot of people who are younger than us take for granted um, that hip-hop culture is mainstream culture. Back then, it was not mm -hmm. mainstream culture. Like, back then, like, I remember even getting in trouble for having braids, like, stuff like that. Like, like, yo, it was not mainstream culture. And so, um, like, having a show that was on TV that, you know, everybody dressed like us, talked like us, they had jokes that were, like, Stuff that we related to, the Fly Girls, like you were mentioning, like all of that, the musical guests. It was, and, and then to be extremely culturally diverse, because think about all the people that came from that. Right, I was thinking of saying you know, all the all the different people from different cultural backgrounds that came from that show, not just them Wayneses. Yeah, not just them Wayneses and Tommy Davidsons. 
Yeah, like there you go, like yeah. like Rosie Perez, of course J Lo, yeah, um, Jennifer Lopez, um, Jim Carrey, like all of these people that came from that show, and so um, yeah, that that one was definitely a big one for me. So yeah, shout out to Living Color and them Waynes is, 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 is getting that money. Them Waynes is, is, is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in like back then, who would have thought you know, that 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 the Keenan Ivy Waynes would have I guess had such a huge influence because like back when the show got started, he was just some regular guy like trying to break into the whole sketch comedy world, and like people didn't think that that, that was gonna like. No, no, like churn out so many people who have just been like really, really famous in in, in their in their own right. So mm-hmm. like that was a huge show that like looking back, that was a major influence on all kinds of parts of our culture nowadays. Mm-hmm. And so that was on my list in Living Color. So so I won't use that, but in the same vein of Wayne's Brothers. So my it's one of my favorite shows. Um, is is Here's the Wayne's brothers? Yeah, it's Wayne's brothers, and so we're happy and we're singing and, and we're colored. colored. <laughs> so give me a high five. He left me hanging, but then so so Jason left me hanging just now. But he oh he gosh. gave the intro just now, and then when you get the whole beat with Tribe Called Quest. So I love the intro, but that's not why that's on my list because of the intro. The show was hilarious to me. It was corny at times, but I could watch Wayne's Brothers on repeat for like days without even getting bored. So we got Wayne's Brothers. We we got we got Living Single. Oh yes, how could I forget Living Single, man? And I and I can't. How could I forget? How could I forget the show that spawned Friends? Oh yeah. So okay. So Jason has said this before, which which I didn't think about this until I think you told me this last year or this year that I didn't think about that until you until you brought up and I was like, dang, there are many many similarities between the Friends characters and then um the the, Living Single characters. Yeah, ones I'm living single. So, so I had never seen Friends until I was a college freshman because my my, my roommate liked to watch Friends, so I would watch it with her occasionally. I'm like, oh, this show was actually kind of okay. So, <laughs> so we got Living Single, we got Wayne's Brothers, of course, um, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but we call it Fresh Prince. Yeah, I, and I was trying to avoid that, but oh, I got because it's just because it's too easy. It wasn't. But it was a I wouldn't show. say it was influential on me. Well, though. I'm doing favorites and, and influential. I'm doing both. But that was a great show, though. It was a great show. So, um, and then going back to the late 80s and part and part of the 90s, it's Family Matters. Oh, yeah. It came on Friday nights. It was part of the whole... TGIF. Yeah, TGIF on ABC, which, which came on 7 for most people. So, like, that was, like, a whole Friday night family evening because it was um, Family Matters followed by Step by Step. But 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 as I got old, I realized that having a, a, a black show that was the lead-in for a white show was not how things normally were back then. Right. Because, like, normally it would just be black shows on one night non-black shows every other night but then like this this whole lineup on friday nights black show white show followed by two other shows i don't know what they were i forgot what they were because they weren't i guess they weren't that i guess popular so we got those three i also like blossom 
a whole lot. There's not wrong with that. Blossom <laughs> is a good show. Blossom. You know, I, you know, I like six. So yes, because she was an interesting character. Yes, but I do like Blossom. And so that was three. Was that was that three or four? That was four. Let's give you one more. And again, this list is not all inclusive because there are so many that we can't even name because it's just be a be a long time naming shows. But a fifth show, different world, because it was it was part of the whole Cosby Man. you know brand of like really show classic of like really showcasing that 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 black family values are important enough to show on TV. So whether it was having the family together for the Cosby show or whether it, it was in college showing that you know, that young black teens can go to college, they they can do really good things without having to worry about doing it in a all white or majority white kind of setting. Um so I did not go to an HBCU. Um actually was was I guess I guess now that I'm looking back, I did not want to go to one because I wanted to be different than how my parents were and my aunts and uncles. So I probably would have really enjoyed going to it to it in HBCU um for my first four years of college, but I did not. So there you go. Different world. And I couldn't use that one because that one's what? definitely on my list Why because because I know it's an important show to you. You literally have a Hillman yes, tote bag and a Hillman, Hillman t-shirt. Like, come on. Like, I know how important that one is to you, so I knew I couldn't use that one. But let's, like, come on. You really an, have to break down Different World for how an important of a show. show it was. And just think about not only the characters, but the casting of said characters. Mm-hmm. I actually, uh, we were talking about Dwayne Wayne and Kadeem Hardison uh, uh, about a week ago, right. and how influent how influential he was on me, and not just his character Dwayne Wayne on Different World, but if you think about it, his character on School Days, his character on White Men Can't Jump, his character was always that funny guy that had the jokes and always had the cool Jordans, like that was who Kadeem Hardison was. He always made it seem like it was okay to be smart and funny, and still you could be stylish. You didn't have to be a thug, right. and you could still be cool. I mean, you had, um, think just all of the different characters. You had um, Denise, who came from Cosby Show. Mm -hmm. So, of course, she came and she was the ditzy one who didn't have it together and had to figure it out. You had Whitley. And that's how it be sometimes. You don't don't always know what you want to do when you get to college. And college is not for everyone. And if it is for you, that's wonderful. But if not, it's okay, too. You had Whitley, bougie self. A.K.A. Angie. She's little Whitley. Like, yo, like the show, like the casting was just so perfect. All of the characters were perfect. And I mean, Jaleesa's character was awesome. Like, like the more and more I think about like every single character, Ron's character was Mm -hmm. awesome. Every character you bring up, Freddie. I just like how the characters have have evolved from season one and two, like through the whole end of the season. Plus, plus like when they um, had finished college, they graduated some of them went off you know, to law school. You have Kim who went to a medical school to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. You got um, um Whitley who was... Both Whitley and Dwayne end up working for the school though. Yeah, yeah. So... They end up being like, Dwayne was a professor. Mm-hmm. Like they both end up working for the school. Yeah, yep. So you got, you're right. Yep. So you got Dwayne who was teaching gay bath. You got Whitley who was a um resident assistant or she gave back that way and so like that you know that just showed me that 
like college can help you evolve in so many ways that like that like when you start you may not have known like what you're going to end up doing that once you were done right so i really have enjoyed just talking about you know these things that have helped shape us and like some of them know may have made us laugh may have made us really think about like certain things that knew that were almost growing up but i really did enjoy talking about our tv shows Uh, pop culture because what's pop culture from popular oh so wow popular culture so now it's time for one of our new segments called wordplay and so we started this segment last week when Jason will choose a letter and so will I and we have about 45 seconds to give the definition and use it in a sentence will we crack under pressure hmm. I probably will he probably hmm. won't yeah. so. I don't know I mean you give me a dumb letter I'm in trouble it's your letter it's my letter yeah so it's your letter and then it's me just like blindly choosing a word from the proper dictionary and vice versa so like oh, last gosh. week it was too easy I'm like really that wasn't easy. and I had an easy one too I'm like this is too easy so this time I'm gonna just hope I get a harder word for you and for me too so what's your letter why are my eyes closed now I don't even know why your eyes are closed <laughs> I don't know what's your letter what's my letter yes oh 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 cause I was thinking you meant like oh like what's something else you want to say no oh I okay. just mean oh okay as an after B Hold or on. before B actually. okay so I'm going I don't know to the, the O's okay this should definitely be interesting and fun for this wordplay. <sighs> Go ahead. Okay, Go ahead. your word is open. Open? Don't front. You know I got you open. <laughs> um, open okay. Speaking to, of music, okay. To open? Like, how do you even... That's the word I landed well, on. So the opposite of close. To it, unclose something. There are so many other words like that appear. Look, to, but... to, to unclose it. Like, is that the definition? To make it not close. Okay, that's fine. Right. And how do I and use it in a sentence? I mean, you kind of did I with already the song, used, I already did. So <laughs> we can open up the dictionary another time and open with a different word. I gotta get a harder word. I okay, so I I'm think, not going again. No, I no, no I, I mean next week. Okay, so next week I'm gonna use my eyes. I'm gonna leave my eyes open and just <laughs> pick a word. Cheat, it just picks up ridiculous. Because you got an easy word last week and this that week. My fault. Okay, come on, no limit. Okay, so my letter will be mm-hmm. L. I would not take yeah, this L. L. By panicking on whatever word you about Jason's going to pick. As soon as I get to where they are in this daggone dictionary. Okay, here we go. And your letter. Oh, I got to pick it, right? Yeah, you got to pick it. All right. Your word. Are you laughing because it's easy? Because because I'm not gonna know what, what the word is. Because <laughs> you're not gonna know what the word. I may. I have a somewhat extensive vocabulary, not like Webster, but lassitude. 
Oh, lassitude. 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 L A S S I T U D E, right? I mean, I could probably spell it. And, okay, so I'm gonna say that this has nothing to do with like lassos and like no, not to do with nothing lassos. to do with like catching things. No, so I have to give a definition. You sure do. My heart is like kind of speeding up <laughs> in my if life. If you would have said lassitude to me, I'd have been like, man, whatever. <laughs> you won this round. Oh, you win this I'm, round. I have a nervous eyeball. <laughs> my eyeballs are sweating because like, lassitude. Oh Eyeballs are sweating. Yeah, they that just are. means you're crying. Because I'm like, no, I'm like, oh. my eyeballs are sweating. I didn't even heard of that word before. Last, okay. Well, now you get to use it in a sentence. My sentence is, I've never heard the word lassitude. Lassitude, are you? So you don't have a definition? Do you want me to give you the definition of lassitude? Please do, because I don't know what that word is. Lassitude. <laughs> From lassitudo. From lassus. <laughs> Meaning weary, probably akin to late or late. So the first definition, a condition of weariness or debility, fatigue. Second definition, a condition of listlessness. Oh dear. See, lethargy. Okay, well I can definitely use that in a sentence when I'm maybe somewhere else. So that was... uh, Lassitude. So today, y'all, I have learned a new word, lassitude. I ain't never using that, John, again, dog. Oh, oh I, I will also try to find a way to use it in my next team meeting, which will be on Thursday. So I try to find a way to use lassitude at, at work. That sounds like something <laughs> I would say. You just mad because you're losing. You got a lassitude. <laughs> So, thanks everyone for joining us for this week's episode of The Linguistics Show. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, tell a friend. Check us out on Spotify, Stitcher. Our website is also linked, which is linguisticsshow.com. And we will talk to y'all next week. Thank you for coming out. God bless you. Good night. (laughs) I was waiting for you to do that too. (laughs) This has been an Ashangali Enterprises production. Co-produced by Naomi. Music by Brassville.